Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shop Aware, now brought to you by Quaker Oats. <laughs> Is that the name of the company? Oh, I should have made sure. I don't think I don't think they specify the name. I think it's just uh, instant oatmeal. Yeah, it's Quaker Oats now, though. It's fine. I'm Anna. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Em. Uh, this, <laughs> this week on Shop Aware, we are returning to the Animorph series with Animorphs number 17, maybe? The Underground. Um, yes. Rachel POV, what'd you think? Yes. Oh boy, this Ooh. book just, it's like K.A. Applegate did, like, she put a list of 100 things mm-hmm. on an, in an Excel sheet, and she says one of these things is going to be the kryptonite mm-hmm. for the years. Yep. And then she rolled a random number generator, mm-hmm. and it landed on, like, one of the really high numbers where she was starting to run out of ideas. And then this is the book that came out because of it. This book reminded me very much of another book that I did read in my childhood that I was obsessed with and my whole family was obsessed with, which was Aliens for Breakfast, um, which is a very short children's book that me and my brothers read when we were kids. Actually, I don't know if my younger brother read it or not, but me and my older brother read it and it was about like an alien that was in a box of cereal and this kid found him and then there's this evil alien and the only the way to defeat him is like red hot pepper flakes. <laughs> and this like imprinted on me and my brother as like a formative childhood memory. And for like years after, we would always play this game where one of us was the alien and we had to defeat them with red hot pepper flakes. Was it shortly after visiting a pizzeria? Um that you would play these games. No, it was it was like we didn't actually use red hot pepper flakes. It was like oh, okay, okay. Inauthentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all it was all LARPing, the book Aliens for <laughs> Breakfast. And Hi, we, I'm hosting an Aliens for Breakfast LARP. And the thing is we got some of our like friends in on this. Like mm-hmm. so anytime they would come over, we would play this and I can't remember the name of the alien cuz that the drain, that's what it was. We'd play the drain game. Um Okay, I've heard that Yes, before. see? Okay. I've so heard that before. We'd play the drain game, which was based on this book, Aliens for Breakfast, and I don't think anybody else in the group knew about this book. It was just me and my older brother who forced everybody to play this LARP of the book, Aliens for Breakfast. Anyway. That sounds about right. It's a very stupid <laughs> idea, is what I'm saying, and this book is very similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... Was just I was reading it and I was like, no, guys, he's lying to you. That's going to be the twist in this book is it was a lie. Played it straight. But nope. It was very serious. I'm beginning to wonder if perhaps K.A. Applegate hates Rachel. Because (laughs) she wrote this beautiful Amazonian girl. And and she's like, oh. I just wish Cassie was featured more heavily in these books. Maybe, or, I mean, I feel like Cassie also gets the really shit books, too, at this point. Because let's, like, the alligator allergy, giving birth to an, a crocodile, whatever book was Rachel. The toilet book was Cassie. The skunk book was Cassie, right? Like oh, This fucking skunk book. I had almost erased that from my memory. Jake has bad books, too, but they're usually, like, bad because of Jake's decisions in them. Whereas Rachel and Cassie, just the premises for their books are so fucking stupid. They are nonsensical. They're just, it's alien toilets. It's 
Instant oatmeal. It, I guess it's kind of like they don't really have anything going on for him, right? Because, like, Jake has a plot line, supposedly, of, like, oh, I'm sad my brother's a yerk, right? Yes. Marco has a plot line of, like, oh, I'm sad my mom's a yerk. Tobias has a plot line of, like, caca, I'm a bird. So, like, <laughs> I love being a bird. Human Tobias sucks. <laughs> and then Axe we've only gotten, like, one book of and has. I think the next one is an Axe Yes, book. it is. Um, but he has a lot of plot in that. He has angst. Yeah. Whereas Rachel and Cassie really kind of don't have anything tying them to the Yerk plot aside from, well, we can turn into animals, so I guess we're yeah. doing this. Like, Rachel's like, my parents got divorced. And Cassie's like, nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> I do less homework now. It's Cassie's very sad. like, I'm having existential crises every day. But, like, aside from that, it's fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess maybe there's less of, like, interesting <sighs> stuff to pull from for them because they're not really connected to the Yerks in the way that the boys are. Yeah. Other than it's, like, I guess they get the opportunity to be sorted into the two female archetypes that are present in literature, which is tough girl and mom girl. Yeah. I feel like at the beginning of this, we were like, oh, it's so great. They're breaking the stereotypes so well because they're not just this or that. But it kind of does seem as we go on that they're being pretty one note with them in terms of Mm -hmm. their, like you said, archetypes, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's no depth there. I mean, I love it because Rachel's bloodthirsty as fuck. Yeah, Rachel is what I need in these books, Mm -hmm. but it does, like, it doesn't really do her a lot of justice, I guess, as a person. Rachel's still great. Like, Rachel's still probably my favorite character. Yeah, Rachel's top morph. But she's just getting just the worst, the worst books. Yeah, (laughs) it's like... She's, like, the one good actor in this Mm. community theater play (laughs) that the director wrote himself. (laughs) She's just acting her heart out, and the others are like, flirpa-derpa. One day more. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I guess we should get into the book, huh? We could talk about it. Let's. As much as I dread doing Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. I can't imagine why. It's so good and not at all problematic. (laughs) Oh, my God. So the Bandalites decide to morph into their bird morphs so they can go see some concert that's being held to celebrate the opening of a new Planet Hollywood. Which, guess what (laughs) time it is? Time to track the morphs because (laughs) Planet Hollywood... 1995, guess where a Planet Hollywood was opening? Where? San Francisco. Oh, shit. So, confirmed. Confirmed. While they're flying around Planet Hollywood, I guess, and listening to music, they notice a man about to jump out of the window of a building. Mm-hmm. The Mandalites all swoop in to save him. And, I mean, picture this. It's like a hawk and two ospreys and a bald eagle and a peregrine falcon. I don't think they can carry a whole ass adult male human. I think but... it's time to go into another one of our segments. Which is <laughs> Google, Google what animals can Googling do. animal facts. <laughs> How strong are birds is what I'm going to Google. I'm going to Google, which one's the biggest? Bald eagle? Bald eagle. How much can a bald eagle carry? I don't want to know how 
strong their bones are. I want to know how strong birds are. This is quickly going to turn into a Monty Python sketch if we're not careful. (laughs) Just going to throw that out there. Which is the strongest bird in the world? The harpy eagle. Ask Professor Bird. Professor Bird will know. Hold on. (laughs) Okay, Professor Bird. So it seems like no one's tested this. How much can a bird carry? Many people disagree about how much bird can carry. But the the general consensus seems to be at the very most it would be 12 pounds for a bald eagle but that's like a lot of people are like no no it's less than that but let's say 12 pounds so there's six of them right so that would be uh 72 pounds right assuming that all these birds are as strong as a bald eagle could be but probably isn't so unless this man weighs 72 pounds he doesn't. <laughs> this is nonsense. Yeah, they're able to carry him from, I don't know, let's be generous and say it's like the 15th floor of a building that he's jumped out of, which it's not probably. Because personally, if I'm going to jump out of a building, I don't want to survive it. I'm going to pick a much taller For sure, for sure. And I guess we could also be generous and be like, well, they weren't really carrying him. They're just slowing his fall, right? Into the water. Into the yeah. water. They're just like acting like a parachute with all their little bird wings. But number one. <laughs> They've just extended themselves as much as possible. 100% not how birds work. And number two, <laughs> if you're going to have that situation where you're trying to slow the guy down by grabbing onto him and like pulling up as much as you can just to slow him down. If that that's that much weight more than the form could actually carry, that would be painful, and they should have commented on it. But they yeah. didn't, so I have to assume that K.A. Applegate believes that six birds can carry a full-grown man. Here's another question. How strong is a suit jacket? That's a good point. Because <laughs> wouldn't they just, like, the suit jacket would just tear, and he would fall? Well... If the eagle, again, I'm doing visual stuff, which isn't going to be helpful for this audio medium, but <laughs> if the birds have big enough claws, they okay. could get around the actual flesh of the man. If they actually pierced the flesh of his back. Yeah. Well, were they back. all on his back? Because that wouldn't work either logistically. Some of them had to be on arms yeah. and like legs. And that legs. might, like if two of them had his ankles two of them had his arms and then two of them just were kind of like on the back and they all just spread out and he was falling like horizontally. I've turned around. This makes perfect sense. Oh my God. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they carry him to the water and then Rachel's like, I gotta jump in after this guy because he's going to let himself drown. So she goes underwater as an eagle and is like, nope, bad idea. Shouldn't have done this. Can't swim. And bird. I don't... I know they're children. Like... She's like, we're water water birds, so that must mean we can swim, right? No, what? Eagles aren't. What are you talking about? If you're like, list some water birds for me, I'd be like, okay, duck, goose, uh... Maybe like pelican, uh, crane. Eagle would be so far down the list. And it's not like, okay, so yeah, an eagle might swoop into the water a little Mm -hmm. bit to grab a fish, but they're not going to go like six, seven, eight feet down into the water 
to grab a dude and try and pull him back up. I don't think any birds do that besides penguins. And they're like, I'm probably wrong about that. There are probably other birds that dive under the water. But like, mainly penguins. (laughs) They're not good at flying. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't have like traditional feathers either. Or traditional claws to grab onto people. So there would be, there would be a lot. Or traditional bird shape. They're very (laughs) non-traditional birds. (laughs) lot about penguins i just had to google really quick to make sure our penguins birds yes <laughs> penguins are are penguins birds. even birds <laughs> they are <laughs> uh, i just wanted to google really quick to make sure um, that's <laughs> anyway she has to demorph and then morph into a dolphin and she just bumps them up into the water and Arnold Schwarzenegger himself pulls this guy out and he's hailed as a hero and Rachel's like it was me (laughs) which like okay that would be stupid in any case but Rachel specifically already had the situation where she was on the news for jumping in and saving a person from a she knew how bad that was yes and it was a huge hassle so like why would she even ever want that uh skip to the next day and Rachel finds out that her mom, who is a lawyer, for those of you who aren't religiously following these podcasts, um, has been assigned this guy's case because his family wants to have him committed to a mental facility because he is a danger to himself and others. Um, and they're saying this because the man that tried to kill himself is convinced that there is an alien living inside his head, like something called a yerk or a york or something. <laughs> I wonder what that What could, be? could it be? So, of course, the Bandalites feel like they need to break into this mental facility in order to question this dude. But let me tell you, it's like a whole two, three chapters devoted to calling it a nut house and being derogatory towards mental health issues. Yeah, it was really cool. interesting because I, f- I said last time that that book was the most aggressively 90s in terms of, like, how planes worked and whatever. Um, and AOL, but this one I felt was probably the most aggressively 90s in terms of, like, me going yikes about stuff. Yeah. And even with Cassie being like, I don't think it's politically correct to call it a nut house. Like, that's not doing you any favors when all the other characters just shit on her and be like, oh, you're nuts for thinking that. They also, like, they don't really, they don't ever really resolve it, right? I feel Yeah, and, no, I think it comes up later in the book, even, like, towards the end of the book. Yeah, and I feel like I thought this was going to go in one direction where it was going to be, like, a very special episode about not being dicks to people with mental illnesses, but oh, actually gosh, no. it went in kind of the opposite direction, and it was kind of like... Be bigger dicks. Yeah, be bigger dicks, and also, like, having a mental illness is the worst thing ever, and it would be better to just not even be able to control your own body at all. Like, it, yeah. it's better that you're essentially in a coma with an alien controlling your body versus, like, having a mental illness, which was cool. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, it also did go in the direction of very special episode, but it was about drugs <laughs> instead of... Yeah! <laughs> wait, wait. This was so stupid. It was, yeah, they had two after-school specials in this book, and only one of them... No, they were both stupid. They were both stupid and came to bad conclusions. Yes, agreed. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> so of course the Bandalites are going to sneak in, right? And what what better morph to use to sneak into any building than the classic cockroach, you guys? Classic. I'm so tired. I'm and so I'm sorry. Tired. The past two books, Jake has been trying to be like, it's gross to become a bug. It's super gross. It's so gross. Then stop. So gross. Stop. Stop being bugs. I hate it. Hmm. Also, he immediately goes to bugs. He's like, (laughs) yeah. He's like, oh, guys, I know it's gross, but wouldn't it be fun if we were all bugs? This whole sequence just really underlines how fucking bad these kids are at picking up morphs because he's like, the first thing he out of this fetishist's mouth is well it's too far to fly as the cockroach so then they come up with the plan of we will be birds to get to the truck that has the food where they will we will morph into cockroaches and have them carry us in first off i don't think that tracks in terms of like how much time that would save that seems nonsensical but secondly they morph into seagulls which the fuck like these children need to pick up a fucking sparrow i do not understand be a robin be just some normal ass bird not a seagull or an eagle that is good at stealth because you know what else could get into a building and has gotten into buildings when their doors are small birds fucking birds like yep why are we doing this For the drama of it all. And it would be very noticeable if you turned into a seagull and flied into the mental institution, but perhaps something unassuming. Yes. Like, you know, a regular bird. Like a normal ass bird. Or a mouse. Mice get into yeah. all kinds of kitchens. It's just, it's just Jake wants to encourage his own Jake perversions. just loves the bug. He really does. It needs to stop. The amount of times they've had trouble with bugs and they keep doing And they still bugs. haven't learned and how to be bigger things that are still small. I just, I can't. There's, there's this bit where they try to sneak into the facility inside a crate of bananas. I guess they're getting their weekly food shipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they get inside this crate of bananas. I mean, to be fair, that is how you sneak into a mental institution. As everyone knows, it's to sneak in, you get in with the food. To sneak out, you get, get in with the laundry. Like, that's the Perfect. <laughs> I'm the idiot, I guess. <laughs> this is classic. Uh, <laughs> But I, drama of all dramas, there's a tarantula inside the crate as well. I guess it came all the way from Brazil. They're, they keep saying stuff like that this is a normal thing that happens. They're like, oh, sometimes tarantulas get in the banana shipment. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But like, I feel like there would have been several stops between the shipment to here and putting them in the truck to take them to the hospital. Like, I feel like <laughs> at some point... Tarantula get out. The tarantula would have hopped off. Or died. Or died. How? There's no there's no bugs in there also to eat. He was eating bananas. I don't think tarantulas are into bananas. First off, I feel like some of them probably are. I bet that there are there are fruity tarantulas. Here we go. Googling animals. Do tarantulas. Secondly, I just want you to picture now eat like bananas. a cartoon. Probably not Disney, probably like DreamWorks or something, where there's like a tarantula that gets stuck in a banana shipment and then he's like eating the bananas on the way and he's like kicked back in the corner of the crate and like peeling the banana with his eight little legs and then like, that'd be adorable. I'm so into it. <laughs> no. 
I would swat that tarantula. I so like fast. tarantulas. I hate little spiders. They freak me out. But I like tarantulas because you can see them. You know what they're doing. <laughs> um, so they flee the the tarantula, and I don't know. It's stupid. They have to run from the chefs and the people bringing the food shipment. Everyone's trying to kill the cockroaches. Whatever. They get in the building. Okay, we get it. Kay Applegate had just watched The Little Mermaid and was very, uh, very into the Les Poissons scene. Where yes, everyone's got their, their chef's knives <laughs> and it's near misses across the board. Um, they find the guy and he's like telling them about how there is a yerk inside of his mind, but the yerk has a problem. The yerk is addicted to a substance. Mm. A substance, which is, are you ready? I don't want to, I don't want to tell you too soon. Hold on. It's instant maple ginger oatmeal. Emma's taken off her headphones and walked away from the podcast. You guys are just stuck with me now. I'm sorry. Oh, no, she came back. Don't tell her what I said. Um, (laughs) I don't know what she said. (laughs) <laughs> and I have no way of finding out. I definitely don't edit these episodes. <laughs> yes, it has to be instant oatmeal. Yes, it has to be maple ginger flavor. Nobody knows why. And no, this is not a trick. Maybe it's the maple. Maybe it's the ginger. Maybe it's the maybe instant. It's the instant. It's the joke made. I in wish this book. that wasn't a line in this book. <laughs> <laughs> but the yerks. Once they eat it as a human controller, they become so addicted that they begin to lose their minds a little bit, which allows their host to regain control for small windows of time, which is when the guy was like, I'm just going to jump out of this building because I have no other way of becoming permanently free, I guess, which is very sad, but no one wants to focus on that. They're like, great, oatmeal, bye. (laughs) (laughs) This book... This is bad. It's so contrived. And it's like, I feel like this should be taught in classes, in like creative writing classes, Mm. as to like what not to do when you're writing sci-fi. Because this is so stupid. And just like, we've introduced- It's incredibly stupid. We've introduced this thing that works in exactly the way that we need it to work for this plot. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so it's a substance, substance that's addictive to Yerks. But only when they eat it, and only, well, I guess that cut that. <laughs> only, only when they think of it. <laughs> only when they imagine eating it. Imagine all the oatmeal. The oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the microwave. <laughs> Why didn't they call us to be in the video? I don't know. I don't know why we haven't been officially... K.A. Applegate has not dubbed us the Animorphs expert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck was I saying? I was just whining about how stupid this was. Let's move on. Well, and even if you can say, oh, it's but it's a book for kids. But kids are better than this. They're smarter yeah. than this. And they deserve a better written book. Okay? Like, the reason we're into the Animorphs, I think, I think we can say we're into the Animorphs, right? Yeah. We like the the themes of war and yes. death. And like having loss. to make complicated moral choices. And this is setting up a complicated, complicated moral choice. Mm-hmm. But like, number one, it's one of the times where I'm like, no, this isn't that complicated. It's an obvious answer. 
And number two, it's like it has to take so many steps to set up that moral choice. It's like, conveniently, we found a substance that the Yerks are addicted to, and it's a very specific substance, and it also kind of fucks over the humans that they're in. Right. Okay. So, like, number one, I do want to bring this up again, because this, this is the debate these fucking children get into. They're like, should we give controllers oatmeal? That will turn them into these people who only sometimes have control of their mental faculties. I'm like, <sighs> the fact that this is a debate is honestly just terrible. Yes, it is better to be a person with some mental illness, which is essentially <laughs> what being controlled in this way is set, being set up as. That uh-huh. this person will have the equivalent of a mental illness versus being stuck in their head and not having any control over their body and having to watch a different creature control their body. Like, yes, 100%, give yeah. them the fucking oatmeal. What are you doing? <laughs> this is so stupid. This is so dumb. Oh, God. I do hate it so much. It's so... I I, I understand that our... our acknowledgement and acceptance of mental illness has changed drastically from the mid or the late nineties. But it was a little bit like, wow, really to read this. It was, it was nice to see how far we've come. Yes. As the human race, I guess is a silver lining you can take away from (laughs) this book because it's the only one. Yeah. Well, I do have one other, but we'll get to that at the end of this episode. I got one other thing I liked in this book. Okay, okay. So they leave this guy in the mental facility like, good luck, bro. And Margo starts to buy a ton of oatmeal because I guess his dad makes him buy the groceries, but he never checks on how much Marco is spending and on what. He <laughs> just know. comes home having spent the week's, just oatmeal. the week's shopping money on oatmeal. <laughs> and they're like... How are we gonna how are we gonna get these this oatmeal to the Yerks? Well we gotta go down to the Candrona pools, right? Tobias, where are the entrances? And he's like, Oh, there's one at McDonald's. Let's go to there. So they go to McDonald's, they become flies. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like some stupid special secret phrase and whatever. Anyway, so they, they're in the entrance to a Candrona pool with a host. Or a human controller. And this computer voice is like, error, other other DNA that's not yours has been detected in this thing, so we're going to kill it. And everyone's like, ah, we can't do this plan because now they have these sensors that can detect any life that's not Yerk life, I guess. Well, it's, it's um, programmed to have, because this is also a thing I want to talk about at the end of the episode, uh, <laughs> it's programmed to have DNA so if it's not DNA that's on file, it eradicates yeah. anything else. So here's my thing. You know what's really cool about being an animorph is how you acquire the DNA <laughs> of Man, whatever it is you touch. Hey, y'all are in here. You can overpower this woman. Or you, wait, you could wait. You could all yeah. secretly go touch Chapman later because normal Yerks don't know about morphing. Like they, I mean, they know it exists, but they don't know how it happens. So if you touch him and he gets sleepy, he's not going to be like, Andalite scum! Yeah, I think that they probably would not do it based on their previous Mm -hmm. dumb shit moral argument about acquiring humans is somehow wrong without their consent. This is the one time Mm -hmm. I'm arguing for you don't need their fucking consent. Because, like, 
Number one, you can't get a human's consent when they're yerked because they're fucking yerked. And I... Yeah, they've already had their consent taken away by another party. I guarantee if you explained the situation to human Chapman and was like, hey, we're fighting against the aliens in your head. Can we borrow your DNA? You He'd good, be like, bro? cool, go for it, bra. But yeah. he can't because he's yerked. So that's stupid anyway. If we're if we're already being like, we can't do it to regular humans, you should be able to do it to yerked humans. But mm-hmm. I think that would be the argument they would make is, hey, we can't we can't acquire humans without We're now better than the yerks. Yeah, that would make us the yerks. So it's like it wouldn't, but whatever. God. Like, how easy would it have been for Jake to just go touch his brother while he was sleeping? Hey! Which sounds out of context terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, really terrible. But in the Animorphs universe, like, Jake could just put the palm of his hand on on his brother's chest while he was sleeping and acquired him. Yeah. Maybe not Done. his chest. I feel like that's awkward. Maybe like his hand. No, it ha- it would have to be his chest because you know how like deep Jake is. He that's has this true. deep connection to his brother. He'd be like, and I felt Tom's heart beating against my palm, and I knew that somewhere in there, Tom's heart was still his heart, even though this year controlled his brain. And also, I'd... so I turned into a cockroach. <laughs> I was and also, all over I got distracted for a while. by that flyover on the windowsill. <laughs> That sexy, sexy fly. <laughs> oh. oh, man. So anyway, they have to come up with a stupid plan. And their plan is they're going to become moles and they're going to dig down into the yurt pool. Children. So they find the world's most conveniently placed tool shed. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. We've already spent so much time dicking around in this book. Honestly. They get they take turns. It takes them like a week to dig until they hit solid rock. And Cassie's like, we can't go any further. And Rachel's like, wanna bet? This is the one time I think Applegate probably like I feel like when Applegate does these books, she does some research. Like we've talked about before, like, oh, this obviously wouldn't work and this is kind of showing how research wasn't as accessible. But I think like probably like each book she goes to the like library she gets out the encyclopedias she looks up like the animal that she's doing that week and she uh-huh. like totally forgot to do eagles because she was like i've already done eagles i don't need any more info on them but she forgot to do eagles so she doesn't know how much they carry and how that's ridiculous <laughs> but she did do moles and was like oh well they can't dig straight down they have to dig at an angle and the angle is like this much and then like it would be this much uh time and like so it would take and so we're gonna have to detail how they have to all go dig for two hours and then come back and then dig some and i'm like this was the time that you should have skipped the research because if you had just said the fucking moles took turns to dig down through the hole everyone would have been fine with that we didn't need this we didn't need this Uh math problem in the book about like if the moles dig at two hours at a time and at an angle of like 17 degrees and they have to dig uh 20 (laughs) feet down how long will it take these fucking mole children to dig through the dirt (laughs) it was was so long spent on digging on digging and explaining how it felt to dig and the fears of digging and whatever You've been termites before. You've been ants before. Like, there are more terrifying things yeah. than just digging. Like, be- being an animal that's accustomed to digging. Anyway. Also, it took it. them so fucking long and they had those tools. Wouldn't it have made more sense to, like, start start digging a as a hole? person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then become a mole? And then become a yeah. mole when it got too much. Like, how long? Okay, K.A., do the math. How long would it take 
group of six, well, five teenagers and an alien to dig like a six foot hole. That's a third of your work done. Probably less time than it took those fucking moles. Yes. And then at some point it got to the point where they were like, like, cause they're like, oh, we can only dig this much in two hours and we have to go back so we can unmorph or whatever. But like the fucking tunnel is so long. At some point, half of the dig time is just going to be walking to the end of the tunnel and back. You're going to be down there for like five minutes doing the actual digging. This is stupid. <laughs> uh, so they, okay, they hit solid rock. And Cassie says, we can't go any further because I'm stupid, dumb, dumb Cassie. And Rachel's like, you're right. I'm going to go check and see if you're stupid, dumb, dumb. And it turns out that she was. Rachel finds a hole in the rock and it leads to a cave full of bats and bat poop. So they all go into it and they demorph and morph back into bats. And they are so hashtag blessed because this bat cave actually leads to the Cantrona pools. Very convenient. But they're also not so hashtag blessed because as soon as like they enter the Kendrona pool area, these little robot orb things are like intruder alert and start shooting at them. And Rachel is shot and she falls into a yerk pool, which is very gross. Mm-hmm. And she has this moment where she's like, this is the end. Um, I better just like morph into a hammerhead shark and start eating as many yerks as I can because I don't know what else to do. But then she channels her inner Jake and she says, no, if I morph into a bug, surely my life will be saved. Okay. Okay. I do want to take a moment to call out how fucking stupid the Yerks are with their their setup of this pool. Because as this goes on, she finds out that there is a pier going out into the pool that they can walk people out to, I guess, to like... To dunk their heads. Right. Right. Uh fucking why that's stupid (laughs) why because all this is doing is giving intruders a place to hide because if i was an animorph what i would do when i figured this out would be turn into a hammerhead shark under the pier and just start eating those fuckers when they can't see (laughs) because that's the thing she like keeps like morphing and demorphing she's like thank god i'm under the pier so they can't see where i am i'm like wow that's a very poorly designed yerk pool (laughs) It could have just been, like, a clear plastic walkway, or they could have just been on the edge of the pool and yes. their head down. Well, I mean, I guess I guess the thought would be that if the pool is, like, a gradual slope to, like, mm. deeper water. It's a zero-entry Kendrona pool. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, why is it that way? Why is it not just, like, a, a straight, I guess if it's not, because maybe it's natural, it's, is it naturally occurring? Like, is that the thing? So it's just like... I think they have to make the pool. Right? I thought so, too. Because they have to put their special goo in it and their candrona. So why are they making it this way? I don't... Because the Yerks are idiots and the Vandalites are idiots. So it works out nicely. Yeah. They're equal. They're equal idiots. Here's my thing. Remember how, like, 30 books ago they were in a hospital and Jake, like, uh... Was he like decide to boil all those yerks alive? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they acquire those yerks? <laughs> and then when they did that, they could have in this situation, Rachel could just be like, "I'm a yerk now." I, I almost had that thought. I forgot about that because you're right. That's way better. But I was kind of like, "Hey, you know what would be good to like chill out in this pool f- full of like gray 
slug-like kind of things is like an eel or a fish or something where if you're going to mm-hmm. swim amongst them they're not going to yeah. notice it they have fish remember that time they were all fish yeah so like what are we doing what are we doing here <laughs> i think i just i just thought of this great plan for the for the vandalites to liberate a lot of controllers mm-hmm. is they acquire a yerk more mm-hmm. and then they each get into the yerk pool and they become the controller for mm. the host and then later you know once they leave they're like I- i'm gonna slither out now and demorph <laughs> you're free to go but you should run far away and tell as many people as you can yeah see that's a great plan but there is one flaw in it there are several steps and none of them are bugs <laughs> <laughs> that is true okay so they would become cockroaches in order to get into the kindred there you pool. go there you go and now you're thinking also, with bugs they would have to become ants just to hang out on the water for a while mm-hmm. just for fun yep. then they would go under the pier and they would demorph and then morph into their yerk forms i guess here's my other thought with actually why that might not work mm. the yerks it's a specific yerk to a person right mm-hmm. so they would have to like fight off the yerk who was assigned uh, to that person well that's where the hammerhead shark comes there you go play. you eat Perfect. every yerk but the five of them you got rachel under the pier as a hammerhead shark so uh, then when the guy gets ducked in whichever yerk swims up she just chomps that one and then like jake as yerk replaces him there you go done because yerks can't see i don't know if we like that's been established on this podcast yerks cannot see yerks can do nothing except squirm and mm-hmm. How do they talk to each other? Is it do they have thought speech as well within their own? I do not know, and I'm very annoyed that I do not know because <laughs> they have a language. I think we've talked about this they before do. too. They have a language. Why do they have a language? They don't talk. Which exactly? I, I'd actually say we pretty much do know from this book because part of their plan now they're like, because they've been all like, can we give the controllers? oatmeal and I thought it was obvious that they were going to put the oatmeal in the pool I thought that was the plan the whole time but I guess it wasn't oh no they were just gonna stand there with spoons at the ready well, because, open your mouth well because they get to the pool and they're like wait a second we could just dump the oatmeal in the pool and I'm like yes yeah. wasn't that the whole plan but then well yeah what were you guys thinking in the meantime what were you gonna do but then they were like could we do that do yerks have mouths and Axe is like Kind of, they have like little little pores that absorb nutrients from the pool. So like they don't have talking mouths, but they have pseudo yeah. mouths, I guess. I guess I'm just trying to remember from the Hork Bajir Chronicles mm-hmm. how they talk to each other. I think it was thought speech, but I'm yeah, too lazy to go look it up. Similar to it. I don't remember. I'm not gonna reread anything. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> we here are the forerunners. in in, animorph knowledge Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh all right rachel becomes an ant climbs out of the yerk pool and makes her way to this warehouse where she demorphs again into her human form and finds a drake draken beam dracon beam and she just starts shooting bitches and leaving their dead bodies there for someone to find like a fucking idiot (laughs) but because she shoots them and they're not dead because i thought that was fucking stupid in this book she sets they're her, not dead they're not dead because yes anna they're not she dead. set her draken beams to non-lethal she set them to stun to stun that's a joke that oh, is made in this book moron. because she like finds it and she shoots someone just off the bat and is like 
oh, they're still breathing. I guess this is stun. And then shoot someone else. Just let the children kill. Let the children kill. First off, she (laughs) intended to kill when she started. (laughs) Bitch did not know that they were set to stun. But secondly, like, it's so... It, it's this problem of, like, you guys got to kill stuff sometime. I'm sorry, but, like, you do. You can't, we yeah. can't keep doing this. You can't continue to be this innocent. I know this is a book for children, or a series for children, but. You don't have to get, I mean, first off, we do know Cassie killed that policeman. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> sure. Book one. But <laughs> the, the rest mm. of the time they've been pretty non-lethal, except when, like, they've squished aliens that are controllers, but like again, why is that okay? But not killing humans. I don't. I don't like the the morality of this book that is shaping up to be like, oh, that's the line. You can't kill a human. You know. Mm-hmm. But they've already killed. They've already tasted. They've blood. already done it. Let, so just continue to do it. Let them continue. <laughs> I want a dark and gritty Animorphs reboot. So then Rachel runs around pretending to be a controller and she sees Axe in his Andalite form surrounded by a shit ton of Hork-Bajir and he is tied up and dragged away. And a nearby, another nearby human controller is like, haha, fuck that Andalite. Visser 3 is on his way to deal with him and these two others we captured. Also, BT dubs, there's like 500 pounds of instant maple ginger oatmeal sitting in this shed that's very close to Arcane Drona pools. It's very secure, very cool. Right. Because they've been confiscating this from controllers, which, what? <laughs> what? Because the thing you have set up, my voice just... Is it, there's no recovering from it, right. so why bother confiscating Why bother confiscating it? Or the other possibility, which seems to be what it is, is that the Yerks, as their controllers are like, ah, oh, you know what would be tight? If I got addicted to oatmeal, let me get some and take it to the Candrona pool. And then like... They don't do it yet. <laughs> they're, like, going to. And then it gets confiscated and they're fine. Because, like, either there, either there should be way more Yerks running around, Yerked people running around being like, ah, uh, part of the time I'm not Yerked. Yerks exist. Or Yerks, 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 get in the chat room quick. Or, or this is, like, some weird 90s dare situation where all of the Yerks are, like, peer pressuring each other to try instant oatmeal. McGruff is just peering around the corner. Yes. <laughs> but none of them have actually done it yet. <laughs> Here's what I want from this book that we didn't get. I really want an in-depth look at a year tripping on instant maple ginger yes. oatmeal. How is this affecting the Yerk in a way that makes them continue to want to use it? Is it an upper? Is it a downer? Is it just like, is it like heroin? Like not even once? Like, what is it? I mean, I don't under, I, I guess it's just addictive because I think the. Is it like how we all eat way too much sugar? Like, is that why it's addictive? We're like, what level? Yeah. Except, except that if the sugar made you like lose all control of your (laughs) sugar, made you lose all control of your motor functions. Is that. Because that's what happens, right? Is that the Yerks can't. But then why would you keep right, wanting exactly. to take it? Because it's so addictive, Anna. <laughs> is it like, are there some Yerks out there that are like, actually, instant maple ginger oatmeal isn't addictive? It's just habit forming. Actually, the war against instant maple ginger oatmeal is really a classist issue, and we need to legalize it. <laughs> we need- if we regulate it, we can better control it. 
I what I really just want is like a fear and loathing type mm. book told from a youth's perspective. <laughs> I definitely don't want that. <laughs> Why not? Johnny Depp is looking for work. I think he would be up for doing a, a movie version of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again. I mean, yeah, I would love for Johnny Depp to poison another franchise. That'd be great. But like... I, Yeah, I love when he just like dips his fingers into everything. <laughs> Rachel continues to wander around for a bit, not really knowing what to do when she uh, meets back up with Cassie and Marco, which is cool. And Marco's like, hey, I think that oatmeal's over here. So Rachel morphs into her elephant morph. Cassie becomes a wolf. Marco becomes his gorilla. And then Rachel charges the storage shed where they're keeping the oatmeal. And they throw the barrels of oatmeal into a nearby Candrona pool. But then suddenly Visor 3 shows up. Rachel's like, what you what you gonna do, Visser? I've I've got these yerks ready to become addicted to oatmeal. And Cassie in the background is like, but wait, should we be doing this? <laughs> and Rachel's like, shut the fuck up. It's just oatmeal. Because that's the other the other big moral <laughs> issue aside from should we make people crazy or leave them catatonic? Is is it okay to make alien species addicted to drugs? And it's like, yes. When they're this? literally going to destroy your entire species, maybe. <laughs> you guys are bad at war. This is not a moral issue. I mean, like, that's actually what I just said is pretty fucked up if applied to, like, the real world. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> but this is a science fiction series for children, and it's just fucking oatmeal. Just I'm Team oatmeal. Rachel. <laughs> Cassie <can> get fucked. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Mr. Uh, <laughs> 3's like, I don't care about the yerks that will die to oatmeal exposure (laughs) do it what do i care i'll kill you all and rachel's like hold on and she grabs viscer three and throws him into the Mm. kindrona pool that is full of barrels of oatmeal and it's like we'll fire if anyone moves at all and they go and free their friends and they slowly start to back out of the kindrona pools but then Someone notices, I think it's probably Tobias, is like, oh, Visser 3 is morphing. Okay, so here's the thing. The real threat here is because Andalites absorb nutrients through their hooves. Mm -hmm. It's just like permeable substance that their hooves are made out of. So the instant that Gorilla Marco shoots the Draken beam at the barrels of oatmeal and they explode and they become oatmeal, Visser 3 would become addicted. Bad news bears. But then, like, after 20 minutes of sitting here staring at these 13-year-old children foil his plans again, he's like, oh, fuck, I got morphs. And so he morphs into another thing. I can be a thing that doesn't have a permeable layer in its hooves. (laughs) Like, literally everything else. Oh, my God. Because that is a weird thing that is specific only to antelites. So so gorilla fires, gorilla fires, Marco, gorilla Marco fires the barrel. Oh my God. Let me start over. <laughs> gorilla Marco shoots the barrel of oatmeal before Visser 3 can fully demorph or morph or whatever. And it explodes. And they're like, I hope he's addicted now. And they fuck off out of there. The end. So, okay. Maybe this will get addressed in the next book probably not but you know maybe it will 
Actually, it might be. There, she's, We've been surprised before. She's been pretty good recently about keeping stuff in between books. But yeah. Um, so they did just shoot that barrel, and it did become oatmeal, right? I mean, it became whatever oatmeal is before it's warmed up. Sure. Cold oatmeal. <laughs> quote meal is just well like does the maple and ginger really infuse Mm. sure so maybe it didn't work but assuming it did that's like five because Visser 3 says it's like 500 years we know Visser 3 got out of there fine because that'd be fucking stupid if this is how Visser 3 was taken out Uh, I don't know I kind of like the idea of him just like randomly like twitching and fighting for control of his body Ooh, you're right that would be cool but but it probably won't happen <laughs> but regardless if everybody else get ev- all the other yurks get addicted to shit all of their host bodies are still captured by the yurk pool do you think the yurks are going to let them go or do you think they will either put new yurks in them or just kill them because like <laughs> i feel like it's probably one of those two options they didn't do anything today they did and i feel like the animorphs the bandalites also, 100% could have used this time that they had to free at least one human controller that was unyerked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They could have, like, unlocked one cage. But they didn't. They just they just left. They just left. And and now there's going to be even more security for the Kandrona pools. And maybe some yerks will start jonesing. I guess. I guess. God, this book was intolerable. <laughs> It was just awful. What was your other other thing that you liked? Okay, so, well, this is, gets into shipping report for this week. Okay, yep, yeah. So there were two ships in this that I thought were well-developed in this book. Uh-huh. One of them being, Rachel of course, Tobias. Rachel Tobias, which was adorable. Yeah. Tobias, OTP. we got, like, this cute scene where Tobias comes over to hang out with Rachel, and she teaches him math. Very every cute. every morning at dawn, she wakes up and opens her window, and Tobias flies in unless he hasn't been able to hunt for breakfast yet. And they, she, she lets him look at her math homework so that one day maybe he won't have the education of a thirteen-year-old, which is nice <laughs> if he ever gets an adult body back, which seems unlikely, but whatever. But um, I mean, let's be real. How much math do you remember after eighth grade? Uh, none. So exactly, he's fine. <laughs> He too can be a functioning podcast host in the future. <laughs> um, the other ship that I liked in this was a platonic ship that I think hasn't really been explored to, until this point and was kind of teased in the last book. But Marco and Rachel, man, I love mm. them. They're being such pals. I like their banter. Yeah, they're just like talking shit. Here's the thing. We talked about how Marco probably isn't really good friends with Jake anymore and is just kind of still friends with them because, and I think Rachel. Because they're all animorphs. Because they're all animorphs. And I think Rachel is, like, probably actually Marco's best friend at this point. They definitely have a lot more moments Mm -hmm. between the two of them. Like, the dialogue between Jake and Marco when it's not a Jake or Marco POV is, like, none, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we could go back and reread and tally all this, but... We're not going to. We're not going to do that. So, yeah, I liked that. I liked the character moments Mm -hmm. with Rachel and the other Animorphs. I didn't like any plot of this. Oh gosh, no! It was awful. It was it was offensive. It was just so stupid. It was it. I could overlook the the like problematicness of it because it's the fucking nineties and whatever. Like and you know, yeah, if it wasn't about oatmeal, if it wasn't about oatmeal, it's just so stupid. Or even if it was about oatmeal, but the animorphs didn't believe it because who would? Right. They're just like, yeah, sure. 
okay. And I mean, like, I get it. It's like aliens and like, who knows what weird things aliens might react to. But like, it's so fucking stupid. And they mention it in the book. They're like, oh, oatmeal, that's weird. That's weird. That's the thing. And then they're just like, well, I guess it is. (laughs) Okay. Oh, sure. If you say so. It's just dumb. And I feel like there could have been... Like, she's, and I don't like this much better, but it would be slightly better, but she's done this before where there's just some random technology or whatever. Like, they could have found, or they could have known about, they could have scavenged up from Axe's ship or whatever, some biological weapon that would fuck with the Yerks in this way. And that would still be dumb and contrived, but it would be at least not oatmeal. (laughs) Very true. Oh, man. I I also don't believe it would take this long for them to discover that instant oatmeal, instant maple ginger oatmeal Uh, That maple ginger thing, I think, because I did read that and go, ew, who would buy that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I put ginger in everything, but that just sounded gross to me. It's like, ew. Uh, give me that apple cinnamon mm. maple brown sugar i actually really don't eat oatmeal at all maybe that was the thing i had the problem with <laughs> <laughs> you would think i would like it because my qualifying thing for food is that i want to chew as Moist. little as possible yeah. yeah so you would think it would appeal to me but it doesn't <laughs> if it could have been more soupy <laughs> If you took the oats out of the oatmeal, yeah. it was just meal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So we hated the book. We hated the plot. Were any of the morphs valuable this week? I'm going to give it to Rachel because Rachel's my girl. Rachel did everything in this book. It's not her fault that she keeps getting these dumb plots. Honestly, she is just doing the best she can. She is shooting people. She's pretending to be a controller. She's finding the oatmeal. She's having the exact same issues that Jake is re being frightened of stuff and having to get over it and deal with it in order to like fight the good fight. Except she's not as fucking annoying about it as Jake is. Cause Very she had true. the whole like fear of being buried alive because she was an aunt and like fear of turning into an aunt. And she fucking deals with it in this book, just like Jake in the last book had to deal with the fly fear, but like, it wasn't but it's for like one line and then she's yes. like, so I did it. And it wasn't like, I feared being a fly, but I feared not, the Animorphs not having a leader more. Like, I just want people to like me. I'm Jake the leader. Right. I hate it. I hate it. So <laughs> Rachel, Rachel gets my vote. You? I 100% agree mm-hmm. with you. Rachel is MVP. Tobias was also good just for being sad hot Just because he's like hitched to her. He's, <laughs> he's so cute. I love, I love their sweet moments where they just... They don't acknowledge that they have something brewing, but they are definitely very They're not close. annoying like Cassie and Jake. Oh my God, where it's like, I like him and he knows I like him. And I know that he likes me, but we're just going to look at each other all the time and not do anything about it. Which like... And Jake's like, I, I couldn't bear the disappointment in Cassie's eyes. And it's uh, like, stop, stop this. <laughs> you two do not make each other better. <laughs> Please stop. No, and... It's not like I want, like, I don't want to read about 13-year-olds making out, no. but I just, I hate this, like, we know we like each other, but we're just going to hide that from everybody, even though everybody knows. That's stupid. Why are we doing that? Just hold hands. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Do you, 
Anyway. <laughs> What's your morbid moment? Um, this book. Uh, no, I feel like I've made the that whole joke thing. before. Uh, <laughs> God, I don't know. This wasn't a particularly morbid one because all of the things that were like the deep morbid questions were like stuff I thought was stupid because I was like, yeah. the drug addiction thing is stupid. Just let the Yerks be addicted. And the <laughs> should we should we or should we not give people freedom, limited freedom, or should we leave them in a coma thing was fucking stupid. So like, I don't know. I don't know. There wasn't really. And also, I feel like there wasn't a ton of body horror in this one. Yeah, no, this one was tame on a lot of counts. I guess probably the most morbid. The dude jumping out the window, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess the guy did try to kill himself. That's pretty morbid. <laughs> but the re- that was like, so they just didn't care about the fact that he was struggling. <laughs> they just cared about the oatmeal. <laughs> Maybe Ugh. I'll need to go pick up a therapist, Morph. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got any empathic aliens out there you can become <laughs> yeah the lyrans the lyrans would be great oh well therapists. there you go you should all what become lyrans and just like idiots you know, talk a whole bunch of shit out it's fine i think if i have to pick a morbid moment it would be rachel being freaked out about being buried alive because that's that's fair fair that's a pretty pretty awful thing to imagine yeah even when you are like a mammal that is designed to be buried under that much earth. But she does have like the, okay, I would have to morph back and then I'd be a human stuck under earth and then I wouldn't be able to get out. So like, that would suck. That would suck. That would be bad news. How about you? Did you have uh, anything aside from, I guess the suicide thing? Yeah, that was pretty, well, I guess at the end where Rachel, like it's like this throwaway line where she kind of helps the guy escape. Mm. (laughs) So now he's just like, out there and it wasn't really helpful to anything at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah this book didn't have a lot to it no well no and that's it series theories oh serious because this is the other thing i did want to talk about uh this is just confirming my andalites are evil theory Mm -hmm. because that technology we talked about the like anti-life shell essentially um, yes, that's Andalite yeah, tech. Yeah, that's Andalite tech. So, like, why the fuck is that? Like, that's... Why do you need that for a peaceful race? Ass. I don't know if the Andalites claim to be peaceful, but they well, definitely claim to be good. And I don't zero know. Zero was I kind. I feel like having technology that wipes out everything except for pre-entered DNA is, like... That's just going to make a lot of red tape. Yeah. And, I mean, the level that it's at. Maybe the Yerks bumped it up and it wasn't, like, lethal to start but like probably not just love bureaucracy it just seems like a very dangerous weapon to exist that would inherently lead to some genocides but i agree i don't Mm -hmm. know yeah imagine if you could expand that to cover a whole planet yeah we already know the andalites are fine with genocide though so yeah yeah they've tried to do it they they did try to do a genocide (laughs) So, you know, they are trying to genocide the Yerks actively. Maybe not because they're trying to, uh, Axe specifically says, oh, we got to get them back to their own home planet. So, so we can kill them all at once. Well, maybe, but like, it seems like the party line for the Andalites is if you don't leave, it's okay. Yeah. Just chill on your planet. Perhaps. Which I've discussed before. I'm pretty sure that the Yerks that are still on that planet are chill. Are dead. No, I think they're just oh. chill. I think they're like, they, they're, they're good guys. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck are those guys doing? <laughs> we are so sorry. We're those so guys are sorry. such dicks. 
Visser three is just the worst. We hated him. He was always complaining about the food and the temperature. Yeah, but that's my serious theory is Andalites suck. Andalites are bad. Andalites are bad. Yerks are good. That's my... Jake's are... Jake is bad. Jake is bad. Bugs are bad. Bugs are bad. <laughs> Rachel's cool, but her books suck. Yeah. It's such a, such a wasted opportunity. It really is. We could have, like, some really, like, grim, dark Rachel just mm-hmm. killing everybody type shit going on here, but... This Alas. book for middle schoolers won't allow it. <laughs> I want the adult version of Animorphs right? where it's not about oatmeal. Where it's just Let's... heroin. <laughs> I'm going to write some fan fiction. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So that's it for this book. Next week, we are going to be finishing up our submission, our most recent submission unit, which was... Books about plays in which the play comes to life in some way. And we will be reading Saving Hamlet by Molly Booth. Um, So come check that out. The week after that, we will be back on Animorphs with the next Animorphs book, number 18, which is an Axe book. Yes. Which is called The Decision. Cool. That sounds ominous. Yeah. Finally getting some more Axe in our life. Yeah. In the meantime, if you have any Animorphs-related opinions you'd like to share with us, you can always tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us, ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also located on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because if you don't, I'm going to make you addicted to oatmeal. Ooh, <laughs> the worst possible fate. <laughs> if you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't use Apple Podcasts, that's okay, because we'll let you talk about us anywhere you would like, as long as you're doing it. In the words of Kay Applegate, Jake shrugged. In the Civil War, they were ending slavery. Most of the Southern soldiers who were killed weren't slave owners. They were just guys trying to be brave. Stop, Jake, stop. Just stop. (laughs) I also like the part where he tried to make a joke about being nuts because everyone else was making that joke, and then no one laughed at his joke. It was very good, and I really appreciated Marco and Rachel in that moment. I did, too. They banded together, and they were like, Jake's not funny. It's also a race issue in real life, guys. I know that, but like, I didn't think that that really applied to the Yerks. Just wanted to throw it. Yeah, we don't really know what their race divides for Yerks are. Can you imagine? I guess I guess the sub twin, who's not the prime twin, is discriminated against. But I don't like. I don't think that's a big enough group to like form a coalition. You know. Right.